The Baby Lambs podcast may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Jamming, so are you. Uh, welcome to the Baby Lambs Podcast. This is what episode 72? 72 coming straight at you from Ooh. I don't know where. Well, from the same room that we record the majority of our episodes Ashley's room and her apartment. Mm-hmm. Ashley's room and mm-hmm. her apartment. So, wow, it's Friday. How it must feel so nice, right? Friday. You have Friday. It's been like a nice weird rainy week. Yo, can we talk about how much this week has sucked in terms of traffic down here? Oh no, awful. That whole saying like April showers bring May flowers is I mean we've only seen the showers part, but man, it it traffic has been horrendous. It's taken me at least two hours every day this week. To get to work. Two hours? There has been an accident, at least one accident, on US one every day this week. Oh. Which God. means that if there's an accident on US one, then it, bound, it's everything. It affects everything yeah. going into downtown Miami. It's true. It's true. No Maya. That's disgusting. I am not okay. I feel like I get to work every day now, like I just wanna cry. I wanna have a really good cry before I get started with my day. Well, at least the only good thing about this week has been that since it's been raining, especially today, since it was raining so hard, um, it's Thursday when we're recording this, uh, that the fair hasn't been going on, you know, because people like don't want to ride the rides in the rain. But have you seen all those scary like videos on only only in Dade and all that? Where people are like straight up like hanging off of these rides as they're moving? Oh. Yeah. What is happening? <laughs> Bro, I once got like the worst whiplash at one of those fair at one of those fair rides. Okay. I don't even know like I'm not gonna get into like the fair and how you don't wanna be there and like I just wanna eat food. But you're gonna hear Leela. She's walking. Okay. Oh, there we go. Um but Gabe straight up once saw a kid lose his eye on one of those rides when he was a kid. Like he went, he went to the fair. He, you know, excuse me. For so, for those of you who may not be from South Florida, the 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 Day County Youth Fair and Exposition is an annual fair that comes um, to Miami, and it's filled with like all sorts of rides. There's like a. They, they have a couple of, like, low-key roller coasters and, like, a Ferris wheel, like, carnival. Mm-hmm. It's a carnival. Um, but it's, like, a big attraction. People like to come and, like, yep. go crazy. And <laughs> every year, man, something goes on with those rides, though. Yeah, those rides are always a mess. They're always a mess, and it's, like, and it's just... Uh, 
so like so Gabe can tell you that there was a time when he was because like it was very common around here to like go on a field trip to the fair you know or whatever you would be get like tickets to the fair somehow and uh and he straight up one of those rides like I don't know what it's called but it's like it spins like it has like arms like five arms and there's like little cabins with people in them and it spins individually and it hit a sign and the sign hit a girl and the girl lost her eye (laughs) I got the whiplash on the graviton oh the gravitron because I was trying to resist gravity why I used to like go upside down like I used to like crawl now I can't even think about it when I went (laughs) no seriously no joke when when I rode I'm getting old I rode the slinky ride at Hollywood Studios last weekend oof and like, but it's nothing. It's like, it's like, okay, it's a cool ride, you know, but it's a, it's a little roller coaster. Like, mm-hmm. bro, and I got such bad motion sickness on that ride. Like, there's a part of the ride that goes over these like mini little bunny hops, like like bloop, 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 little mm-hmm. hills. And every time it, I, I, I felt like all my gases go up with bloop and the bloop and the, it was so bad. I got off the ride and Gabe was like, wow, that was great. And I'm like, I think I'm How? sick. <laughs> I, I don't don't know how to feel right now dude so i can't even look at the fair i can't even look at the rides or being there i don't want to be there but i'll eat the elephant ears i mean i don't have a problem with that i mean when did we go was it last year or two years ago that one with jenny and omar that was last year yeah that was fun that That was fun and we had beer yeah and we got to walk i love walking the expo i love seeing all like all these like elementary school kids like Mm -hmm. poems like and their, their art and their art, I love it. Some of it's good. Yeah. Most of it is pretty good, to be yeah. honest. Um, so the fact that nobody's riding at the fair right now has made traffic easier for me, but not really because they just come later in the afternoon. So, like every day leaving, um, FIU, it's like there's like a bunch of people who are just like trying to like just randomly cross, one o seventh, and they're all from the fair, and it's like, huh. Why? Why? Go Just home. to go and, like, hang from a ride. Straight up hang from a ride. Tell me. You did see that, right? Yeah, I did. Like, I did. like how? How? How is the guy hanging? Okay, I just picture myself being there and being like, El tipo este es un animal. Es un animal con ropa. Vaya. I don't understand. But uh, there was another one, like, on, like, the, the dropping one. You know, the one that's, like, uh-huh. a tower, and they, like, uh-huh. bring you up and down. Somebody ha- was hanging off of that, too. But it was the second but challenge? I don't know. ¿Qué es esto? This is, like, the notebook challenge. Yeah, no, I... The Noah challenge. Like, give, like, you know what I'm talking about? Because in the notebook, he, like, hangs off of the Ferris wheel, and he's like, go on a date with me. And she's like, nah. That's what this shit is? I don't know. I'm just saying that's the closest result. It has maybe it's a Noah challenge. It probably is. I feel like I read this. <laughs> oh my god, I had to something No, for real. But what the fuck? I can't. I hate you know me. I hate stupidity. Yeah, but we live in like stupid you know central. I know where we live. We live in a state where like people are googling Florida men and putting in their birthdays to see. Mine was great. What was yours? I forgot, but it was good. <laughs> mine was mine was Florida man gets attacked by a squirrel and the squirrel was trained by the guy's neighbor to attack mm. Mm. Florida man 
Sí. December 20. A ver, ¿qué dice? Ya. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah. Florida man puts semen in co-workers' water. Uh, why? This water's a little bit thick. Ew. Gross. <laughs> gross. I'm not gross. Whoever did that is gross. But, like, that takes commitment. Like, did he go to the bathroom and just get, like, a fresh sample? Or did he bring it from his time at home? Okay. I'm not even going to read it. You should. I think you should. Okay. So, in this vein. So, on Saturday, we went to Vacillate. It's a wine bar in West Kendall. Which, mm-hmm. for those of you listening from this area, check it out. It's a small place, but it's a good time and a good selection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we... We were there, and, like, we went with Hadar and Mari, but, like, some of Hadar's friends joined because one of them was here from D.C., like, whatever. They were playing this whole thing. And at this place, they have a game, like, a physical game of Never Have I Ever. Bachelorette edition. (laughs) What a good fucking time. Because you know it's inappropriate. Well, yeah. So one of the questions was, or one of the statements was, never have I ever swallowed. Ooh. There was one girl that was like, I have never. But the funny part was that she was like, no, I've never. But then there was another girl. So that girl was dating the girl that's about to talk, her brother. Oh. oh. And that girl was like, good for you. Good for you for never, like, doing that. And then me and this other lady, which was the oldest of these three siblings. Right. We just kept looking at each other like, what is happening? One. And two, (laughs) what's the problem here? (laughs) And then they got into this, like, really brought, like, big discussion of, like, when men go down on women, (laughs) are they swallowing? That's a... That's a question. Yeah, I was like, wow, I'm proud of these men for using their brains. You know, I wonder. Like, would you consider yourself performing that act? Like, because whenever we think of women giving a blowjob, it's like, does she or doesn't she swallow? Do you spit or swallow, right? Mm -hmm. Um, That beautiful game we all played in high school. And... (laughs) No, suck or blow. No, no, no. Well, I say game because it was like for a while. I don't know. At least in my grade, there was like a while where the dudes would come up to me and be like, "Oh, do you spit or do you swallow?" And I'd be like, "No, I bite." I uh, I hated that fucking like thing. But anyway, um, we went to the same school. I don't even know. Well, I th- we already discussed how we hung out with different people. Okay, clearly. No, but anyway, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> so it led to this like nothing wrong with lengthy that. conversation of like. Do men spit or swallow? When it goes down on women. Like. Well, I don't think they... I mean, some do, I think. Some do spit. But they don't, like, spit things that that we... Like, they don't spit things out. They just spit in. Right? I don't know. I'm not saying this from personal experience. Uh-huh. But I know that's a thing that men... men there's, yeah. That there's a whole culture that yeah, loves mean, to spit on things. You mean like when we're watching a movie and they're like having sex and then you hear the, the spitting p- sound? Yes. Like, why? Why Why do we have to spit all over each other? And, the, and they like spit into each other's like eyes too? Like it's not just for <laughs> genitals. It's like I spit on your eyes. I spit on... on I spit on your chest. And what are you watching? I don't know. I, I've come across some things in my time. And I'm just... I, 
And it hasn't helped my, my spit hate. Well, yeah. I wonder that. That's we'll do good... this poll. And I... then we'll post the answers anonymously of like, do you spit or do you swallow? <laughs> Actually, yeah. And it'll be, it'll be both genders. Well, yeah. Yeah. It should All be both genders. genders. All genders are, do you Tell spit us. or swallow? Tell us what your, what your, what your preference is here. Good to know. Of what you have experienced. I felt like, I, I feel like I've learned so much. I kind of wish I was there. At yeah. this, at this uh, wine bar. Cool time. Cool time. Yeah. Well, one thing that we didn't talk about last week was that we both oh. finished, like, what a transition right now, that we both finished the, um, the four-part documentary series on the case of Adna Syed. Right? Where they don't talk about spit or swallow. They don't. They don't mm-hmm. at all. They talk about DNA. But not, like, this. Yeah, we both did finish it. Yeah. So spoilers ahead. Like overall, because I don't know if you've never listened to Serial mm. or if you've watched this or if like you know about this at all. Um man, like it I feel like every time something comes out about this case, my hopes are like at an all time high mm-hmm. just to be like gut punched and like brought back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like, I mean, a part of me kind of felt like this wasn't going to, like, it wasn't going to provide any definitive answers, but if anything, it's become, it it, it has evolved from this murder case mm-hmm. about this, you know, horrible thing that happened to, like, a reflection on the legal system. Yep. Like, that's what it really feels like now, like, this, like, the appellate process, the, um... The overturning of convictions, the uh, the po- like the politics of it all, like mm-hmm. how I don't know it it, it it's a lot. It, it was a great documentary to explore those themes. I feel, especially because it still was exploring the crime itself. You know, it wasn't specifically mm-hmm. about just the court system. It was like, you know, what we have like like way like talking to witnesses that they hadn't spoken to in a long time and. Having those private eyes there as well to contribute, like, their own findings. Oh, you mean uh, us in the future? Yeah, 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 100%. 100%. We're those PIs who are like, can you analyze this soil sample, university? Um, I have to say, like, where Serial focused solely on everything that led up to his conviction and it was like pure like true crime based Mm -hmm. what I really enjoyed or rather what got me about the docuseries was all the nuances that they dove into of this case because like Serial did some of that you know how Christine Gutierrez didn't really do her job um of how people have like what was it? The Innocence Project, like, picked it up at the end of Serial. Yeah. Like, all these different things. But this one, where, like, they're going through it, and it's, like, you know, the person that gave... That testified, and then now it's come out that, like, they... They misremembered. Like, there was no way that they could have been a part of it for X, Y, Z reason. Um, then the literal, like, politics of having a DA that is in the process of election 
Yeah. And, like, wants to win, so they're going to try to fight this tooth and nail because they come from the same high school. And, like, just all of this back and forth, and it just shows you, like, all the bullshit. All as the you were bullshit. Saying. Yeah. Yeah, Cyril did a good job of, you know, of establishing, you know, of establishing doubt. Mm-hmm. It was. It did a good job of, like, you know, because they were literally, like, you know, Sarah Koenig was contacted by Rabia. Mm-hmm. Um, who is like a family friend who's always been a very strong advocate and is a lawyer and like it for like basically what what Serial did was kind of like poke holes in what this old like this fifteen year old case that has led to the conviction of this man enough to basically make you the listener feel like you know you don't know if he did it or he didn't but yeah. you definitely can establish that. It's not a hundred percent either way. Like, there's enough doubt that like, it's it's crazy that this guy got convicted based on one testimony, based on the testimony from one person and no evidence, and except the evidence that they did use, which was those cell phone tower yeah. records that were actually unusable. Yeah. So to think how how little it could take for somebody to be convicted in America. And in this case, a brown person, mm-hmm. you know, and to be con- like whether he did it or not. The truth is that there wasn't enough evidence to support that that conviction. So it's just a lot. And yeah, then, like so much of what was used in the initial trial has just been like proven to be unusable evidence. And like are, it's shocking how he was convicted on hearsay yeah at the end of the day that's all it was it was hearsay yeah and um, and for and like for soot and what doesn't help us because is that he can't remember that day yeah you know what is interesting that i really like was that was really explored in this mm-hmm. was the korean community yeah of chicago no baltimore of baltimore sorry of baltimore i apologize of baltimore and they're, you know, like, con- like being kicked down as often as they have been. Mm-hmm. And how this conviction of, like, how this conviction yeah. really, like, s- helped this community. Yeah. Because they felt like they were, because they're, they're, they're underserved as well. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see, like, that alliance, you know, where it's like, this is, this is, like, it's almost like they, they didn't talk about it, but it's almost like. In overturning, even with the evidence that's presented, even though there's, oh, sorry, that's Leela again, even though there's op- there's opportunity here to say that he didn't do it and, and you know, whatever, the fact the, the fact is that for this entire community of this Korean community, if Adnan were to be proclaimed innocent, that just brings them back to square one. So yeah. they want to have him in jail because they don't know if they're going to have an, an opportunity to put anyone in jail for this. Yeah. So for them, justice is served so long as there's a body serving it, and and I understand. I can I can sympathize with oh, that. Oh, absolutely! Like, what got me was in episode three where they're interviewing Adnan's mom, and this woman, man, she like talks about how she completely understands like Heyman Lee's mother, and you know where. Like, she herself can at least go to the prison and, like, hug her son and see him and spend time with him. But Heyman's mom will never 
be able to do that ever again. Yeah. And, like, to just understand that as such a pure level and, like, be okay with her son will always be the villain of the story. Yeah. You know? Like, that entire family, I feel like, if anything, it just, like, opened my heart even more. Yeah. Um, Because the father even, like, choosing to not go see his son... To not go to try to like his trial hearings or anything because he is a practicing Muslim. He is like he does wear you know um, like the long tunics and he wears his. It's like a head headpiece of sorts. Yeah, like a, yeah. And he has his long beard, you know, and he clearly looks like he is he is a brown person um, from somewhere else, and he has an accent. So like he chooses to does not participate in any of this because he doesn't want him to be the reason why his son remains in jail, in prison, or gets, like, hurt in prison, you right. know? Yeah, he doesn't... He, he, it's, it's like it's his contribution to the cause. Yeah. His contribution to the cause is I'm not going to appear because I know that the people will look at me and come to a conclusion about... Yeah. us as a family us as, as practicing muslims and my part in helping a, a non is to not be there yeah which is heartbreaking mm-hmm. and his mom getting diagnosed with like stage one leukemia and like i know no 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 and how they paired it with with adnan's audio about his mother yeah and like oh, he, she's the strongest woman he knows and you know like, if he ever gets out, it's all due to his mom. Like, all of that shit, as her and Rabia are having this conversation about how she needs to tell Adnan about her diagnosis, and she doesn't know when she's going to be able to do it. No. no. Fuck. The it, layers the to layers. all of this. It's that, if you haven't listened to Serial, you, you, don't, you, you can, but you don't have to in order to watch this documentary. Because they do, you know, yeah. they do already talk about the same people that they talk about mm-hmm. in, in the case. The only thing that you're missing is really, like, the Innocence Project. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. But other than that, all of the, like, and the way that they paint the story, the way that they, like, place you in in the time period when they're reading Heyman's letters, mm-hmm. when they're... Um, when they're talking to the, the now adult versions of these high school kids who gave their own testimony and gave their own everything. Like, they did such a good... It was a, it's a really great documentary, but, like, what can you expect as HBO? It's good. They're yeah. going to do a great job. You might hear some snoring. That's Leela. Yeah. Because <laughs> she does. Um, but, yeah. What a ride. And it did, it did break my heart. At, like, it did break my heart. Oh, man. Just, like, such a complicated story, you know? Such a complicated life. Do you think that he did it? I don't. I think he's innocent. Um, yeah. I think that will, what will hurt him forever is that he can't remember that day. Yeah. And you can't fault him for that. You know, it just... It's another day. It was another life. day for him. Yeah. Yeah. And I... For me, if I would explore anybody here a little bit deeper, it would be the person that found her body. Mud Jay? No, it wasn't Jay that found her body. Oh, that guy. That random guy who had, like, this crazy crime history you know of, what, like, you know what behavior. Me, what drives me nuts about that guy in particular is that in both Serial and in this documentary, they don't go into him. 
It's like they don't have enough time Mm -hmm. to go into him. I don't know what stops them from furthering it, but they don't go into him. Because, like, I thought the same thing, and when when I listened to it three years ago on Serial, where, like, yeah, this guy just happened to wander into this one part of the park, a park that's enormous, by Mm -hmm. the way. He happens to stumble across it when he decides to go take a piss in the woods. Yeah. Really? Because it's either him or that her boyfriend at the time. I think it was her boyfriend. I think it was. I, part of me feels like he, like, I feel like, you know how, like, it's like Jay and uh, Anon who, like, did everything? I have a feeling that it was Don, the boyfriend, and this guy. Like, this guy might have seen him do it and tried to help him or something like that yeah. or I think that they both know more than they're saying I think that Don the fact that his records like at the time that he wasn't working at he wasn't at Lens Crafters the day that he was well that, that has come out since that it has since that it has since been yeah you know the evidence that is supported that his mother was a manager at Lens Crafters at the time so she was the one that faked his yeah. timesheet exactly I mean, or and the fact that he he be, he like got to, he was disabled a year later. A, a year later, or the fact that when that coworkers at Lens Crafters attested to seeing him shortly after what would have supposedly been when Heyman went first, yeah, went um, missing, went missing, and he had bandages on his hands. The fact that they have like there there's, there's so much here. there's so much here, and they can't explore it because the guy didn't he didn't want to participate too. He was like, "Oh, I have a life. I have a wife. I have kids." And I'm, I'm like, disab- "Good for you." And I'm disabled, so like, this you know is who not- will never have that? Hey, yeah, I have a feeling that like I think it may- maybe it was like an accidental thing. I mean, I don't know if you know what I mean. Like, I don't think that it was like a first degree thing. And you and I have discussed it in the past. I do not trust an older man with a high schooler. I don't either. He was 22 going on 23. She was 17 going on 18. And while that may, and while like ages, yeah, okay, whatever. It's the age, the age is not that serious. The truth is that you're talking about people in two different stages of their lives, pre-high school, post-high school, or, or college and high school. You're not even like, you're literally not on the same at all plane of thinking. It's whatever. I I, I I don't care how mature you think you are as a high school, as a high schooler, you're not that mature. I just I, I I also don't like it either. I don't I don't understand why a man in his twenties who is seemingly you know he has his own job he has his own whatever like not to say that Heyman wasn't attractive and wasn't didn't carry oh, herself so well that. or wasn't intelligent, pero qué pinta tú con una muchacha tan tan joven? Like what do you have in common really besides that you both work at Lens Raptors or whatever? Because she she met him because she worked yeah. there, right? She started working there. <sighs> whatever. But that's who I think it is. I think that it was Don, um, and I think that this other guy, whatever Sellers, what I yeah, think, was um, yeah. But who knows? Because we'll never know. And maybe though, there you know that there's gonna be another documentary in like two more years when they finally test the DNA that they have. Yeah. The truth is that while because because they mentioned that that the, they tried to run it the first time and it didn't hit anyone. It didn't hit literally anyone. There was yeah. whoever what whoever wasn't who did it hadn't been in CODIS yet, so there was 
So they felt like it was unusable. Mm-hmm. But now it's been like a decade and a half. Yeah. So there's an opportunity to like, like we know that Jay has been arrested. And I mean, I don't know if they've taken his DNA for, for, for that reason. And the truth is that they can also subpoena for Don, Don's DNA to be tested. But they can only subpoena if they go to court. And they're I not, know. and that's what sucks is that they every, that every time they they get they get close to going to court, like someone in the in the appellate court system just says nah, and the judges go back to the original verdict. It sucks. I mean, at the end of the day, this can still very well go to the Supreme Court. It could, but it's not. It, it but it'll happen, and I mean, it'll be a long process. It'll be a long. It'll process. probably be within the like if it does, it'll be like in ten years. Yeah. Yeah. At least Adnan is drawing pictures and making birthday cards and, like, finding yeah. ways to keep entertained in prison. And luckily, while his mom has been diagnosed, like, she's at stage one, which is... Which is the best. Which is the best of the outcomes. Yeah. I mean, the best, the actual actual best would be not to have yeah. any diagnosis at all, but at least it's treatable. And, yeah. um, and luckily, everybody involved is still alive and... They can, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But it was a good documentary. I'm glad that I had an opportunity to, like, see the people that I'd been hearing about for all right? that time in serial. So it's, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was sad, but yeah. but I'm glad that coming off of that, I started watching Gilmore Girls. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> this episode is all about transitions. Yeah, and, and how clean it no transitions can be um how are you enjoying it so i started good more girls yesterday i'm on episode 14 it's a problem it's a problem and like it's not even that like the episodes are short the episodes are like an hour and there's like 22 episodes per season yeah like it's a slow climb up a long staircase yeah but it's fine it's it's very easy to digest like I hate being, I hate, like, talking about a show that came out, like, 15 years ago. Okay, one. I started watching it for the first time, like, earlier this year. So, I feel you. But we also weren't those girls in high school in a weird way. I also just didn't watch TV like that. I never watched, I was never, like, consistent about, like... Gotta be at home on a Thursday yeah. night at nine. I only did that with Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Well, but we were younger when that show was yeah. really going, and it was always on on Fridays. Yeah, like TJF. Mhm. But like, I think I only did that. I did that for a while with Dawson's Creek. That I did, but I think it's because I was home and I could. Mm. But Gilmore Girls didn't really like attract me. But now I'm watching it at the right time because like. It's like you said, like you relate to Lorelai. A whole, a whole lot. I mean, that and like her and I, at, at least where I'm wa- like now in You're season one, age. we're the same age. Um, but like it's a really, I mean, it's a Genji Cohen show, which I didn't realize that. Genji Cohen from uh, no, I know. Orange is the New Black. The creators are the creators of Mrs. Maisel. I know, but Genji Cohen is was the producer on oh. the show. I want to say. I might be talking out my ass. Janji. Kohan. Gilmore Bros. I'm pretty sure you're right. I'm pretty sure I am. Yeah. 
Gilmore Girls. So, like, and you can see that in the way that they speak. Is it... Who wrote it? Same the same people from Miss Yeah, Amy Sherman Palladino. Okay. That's why the pace is, like... Yep. That and they're... Man, they're witty. I fucking told you. They're witty and... I told you. And I love watching, like, this... The nuance between, like, a mother and a daughter and, like, raising a teenage girl... And I mean, I know that this sounds so dumb to say, but it's just, it's a really well thought, like, like they did a really good job, mm-hmm. like kind of discussing that. So without giving a lot away for you. Okay. But, oh, what the, I was going to say, you, it, people can, we can't spoil the Gilmore Girls. Cause it's but I, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I don't care, but it's mostly for you. Okay. Um... So a lot of people that I know that have watched the show mm-hmm. are, like, anti-Rory. Like, apparently, Rory is, like, very problematic for a lot of people. Okay. For me, not so much. Like, I actually connect a lot with Rory. I feel like as the show goes on, I, I connect with her more. Mm-hmm. Um, is she annoying? Yes. Like, is she perfect? No. You know, I feel like that's kind of the point of having a show that's focused on two headstrong women. One that's in her, that's a single mom, became a mom very young, has had to make her own set of mistakes to get to where she is today. Mm-hmm. And then raising an empowered daughter. Mm-hmm. And an only, chi- an only child at that. Yeah. So I feel like people don't connect because they don't know what it's like to be an only child. But it's like, what's interesting is that it's an only child raising an only child. Yeah. So it's like... So it'll be me raising my own only child later yeah. on in life. Yeah, basically. You know, but it, like, I feel like I've really connected to Lorelai because a lot of how Lorelai is mm-hmm. as an adult is kind of how I think I am in my head. You know, like the, her thought process and uh-huh. why she does things, why she doesn't do things. She makes a lot of mistakes, and I won't get into that, <laughs> but for the most part, I really connect to her. Um, and I connect to Rory, I feel like, deeply in that, like, only child thing, and she is very mom, very much a mom to her friends, you know? She yeah. kind of serves as that, like, balanced space, because um, her character is a Libra. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, I've... For me, like, I've connected, you know, what it's like to be an immigrant Mm -hmm. through Lorelai's, like, young single momship. Um, Because, you know, it's like, it's unique struggles. And unless you've gone through something like that, you'll never be able to connect. And then the thought process of, like, well, you immigrate to give, like, especially if you're a parent, you immigrate to give your child a better life, the life that you didn't have. Yeah. And for her, yeah, she came from money, but that's not what she wanted, so... She left, has raised her child in the way she's wanted to raise her child because she wants her child to be better and have better than she had. Mm-hmm. And for her, that was family. And, yeah. like, opportuni- like self-created opportunities. Yeah. Um, but she also, like, hungers for those, like, parent-parental relationships. Yeah. Like, when you see... Like, one the episode that really got me, like, hooked, really, was when the when when Rory has to choose a sport and goes 
play golf to play golf with her with her grandfather mm-hmm. and you see Lorelai get jealous really of mm-hmm. this like connection this clear connection I feel like you know Lorelai was like this like she was like the like the color blue born into a family of of, of a bunch of reds you know yeah. like she just couldn't she couldn't find joy in the things that her parents loved you know she went to the best schools she got you know she had the best she had a lot of privilege she but she just was kind of like an orphan like an adopted child basically in this family that was trying to mold her into something but she just had a desire to move the other way because she was like you know it's a lot of pressure to put on a person yeah and uh and Every time that you see the way, like, you see her a lot, like, not just in that episode between, like, her parents, but, like, she see, she talks, she comments on it when she sees how, like, other men treat, like, her daughter or whatever that, like, it's, I would, like, I wish I had that relationship with my father. I think that she, mm-hmm. she mentions it in a recent episode that I just saw where they're trying to, like, fix up Luke's restaurant and mm-hmm. he's, oh, like, where they're, well, they're painting and they talk about, like, how his dad, whatever... And she says, like, it's cool that you have that to come back yeah. to. And I have my father down the street and my dad and I just don't. So, like, it's also, like, this. it's an interesting dynamic that I feel like as immature as she can be because she's kind of stunted based on mm-hmm. all of that suffocating, you know, environment. Yeah. That's that kind of environment, like... She has a, a, a high level of awareness that is, that is unfounded in mm-hmm. the people around her. And uh, does a good job trying to, like, deliver that to her daughter, who kind of, whose best friend has been an adult all her life. Mm-hmm. Which is, makes sense why she would be the mom, like you, would be the mom to all of your friends because you have learned so much of your life to connect to adults. Yeah. So it's... Because she, she's lived her life around adults. Adult. Yeah. And also, as as an adult in many yeah. ways, like, she has, she's responsible, her, her and her mom are like roommates Mm -hmm. like they're best friends they they lean on each other for everything like they they kind of switch roles yeah i mean i i I didn't grow up that way but i've seen a lot of relationships like that around me where parents of 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 only kids especially will have these very very unique relationships with their daughters and their sons that do that kind of like blur that line between like the like the matron and mm-hmm. the, the child and and it does cause a lot of like rifts you know when you're relying on each other equally but you know one is your child or one is your mother like yeah. how do you like i don't know how do you give that traditional respect to for both of those roles yeah. you know it's it's and the show does a good job of doing that when it shouldn't have to you mm-hmm. know like it could be a lot lighter yeah and it is a light show. It, it's very, like, easy to digest. Like Yeah. Even the complications in the show are, like, pfft, nothing. You know, it's Well, it's they live in, like, some small cat town in Connecticut. But I feel like that's why the conflicts are simple. Right. Even though, like, the lesson is a lot bigger than what the problem is. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, like, I just... And it could be also that I come from a small town. I mean, for me, though, it's like I'm related to most of the people in my small town. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to, like, be in a space where everybody knows you and everybody's invested in 
seeing you grow and be your own person. And achieving your dreams. And achieving your dreams, you know, and, like, when you get through most of it, we'll keep discussing, but, yeah, I really... They just did a phenomenal job at writing this show okay. and, like, giving you that perspective. And honestly, as an only child, I hate that we don't have more TV shows about people like us. Because people don't get it, you know? Like, I was, I chat with um, Jamie about the show all the time. Jamie, JoJo, and Amanda. Mm-hmm. I like, since I, those are the three main people that I know that have watched all of Gilmore Girls mm. multiple times. Um... Yeah, I'm like, you know, I've come to realize I fucking hate it when people tell me, like, oh, you're you're not, like, a reg... You don't have, like, only child syndrome, you know? You're, like, not, like, a regular only child. <laughs> and I'm like, I have my things. Like, when I don't get my way, I can throw a full-on tantrum. Mm-hmm. You know? But it's like, I mean, I don't I don't know how to... It's like, how do, how do you want me to respond to that? Like, you're not, like, most only children. Well, I mean... How many only kids do you know? And are they all children? Because if they're all kids, then it makes sense that I'm not like them because I'm a full-fledged woman. You right. know, like... It's like it's a weird phrase to use at people. But I think it also comes from what you said. Like, people only know what they see. And, you know, we can get to know a lot of families in our lives, mm-hmm. but, we, but if you grew up with television and cable and whatever... Yeah. You do find television shows that relate to stuff that you kind of relate to. Yeah. And the majority of shows about families tend to be about, you know, like two or more kids. So, you know, when you do see only children displayed or presented or what, like, as as a, I, I like to consider myself a blended child because I grew up with siblings, but I grew up alone. But not really. Yeah. You're like Michael, you know, you... You do have your siblings, but, like, for both of you, you have older, like, older siblings. Mm-hmm. And, and you have younger siblings. Right. Like, with a significant gap. And we're the only kids for our parents. Yeah. You know, so we have, like, a different story than all of the other kids. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, like, even even so, like, whether there's a show about people like me or not, I can definitely, can I, I know that I didn't grow up with a lot of only kids, Right. And and having and 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 even in the few that I knew, like some of my best friends growing up were only kids. I can even I can even attest that, yes, it's very different even from the household that I'm used to. And I grew up with a single parent. Yeah. And like, you know, and there's a ton of shows about single parents raising kids and all that. And even even then, like. The nuances of, of of Gilmore Girls felt a lot more like, I don't know, rooted, yeah. than a lot of other family shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I also didn't grow up in a small town, so that I don't understand. Though I do, I do aspire to one day just like move to Connecticut. I just want to live where I can walk everywhere and just right? like go to the same little diner every day and. Like, watch the fall leaves and get excited and smell snow. Like, I'm sure. I would love that. I just... And the attention to the relationships that she nurtures in this town, you know, just, like, there's just so many details in this show. Yeah. I, And I'm glad that I watched it now 
versus, like, 15-year-old Lissette. Yeah. I you agree. Know? I agree that 15-year-old Lissette shouldn't know. <laughs> yeah. She would have been like, Tamienda. The person who I think should watch the show, who will never really watch the show, is Lonia. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Lonia... If you're listening, you should really watch this. I think you'll see a lot of similarities, mm-hmm. but not but between like Lorelai and her parents. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like literally, like <sighs> like for me, like I, I how I keep telling you that like you're Richard, mm-hmm. you're the Richard to my Emily. Mm-hmm. From the moment the show started, to me, Richard is my grandfather. You know, just like my grandfather was always in a shirt. And slacks, mm-hmm. nice shoes, always very well put together, always reading the newspaper or reading a book, and like wanted to converse about so many different things. Just like, just a very smart older man. Mm-hmm. And like every time Richard's on the screen, I'm like, that, that would be him. Yeah. Had he like had a great grandchild for me, you know? Like just being very involved and like wanting that child to like explore their smarts. Mm-hmm. And, like, carry a conversation and all those different things. Yeah. So, for me, Richard holds a very, very um, special place in my heart. Well, then I'm even more honored that I am you a blend be. of so many characters you for be. you, including Richard. Well, we're already, if you can believe it, at the 44-minute mark. Oh, I can totally believe it. <laughs> can you believe? Can you even? We get so far. And there are other things that we plan to talk about. Well, you know what? They'll just have to tune into 73. I guess so. It's because cool. hopefully by then we'll have some more on Timothy. Tim, hold on. Tim, so we can give him some respect Timothy? Timothy Pitson. We were going to talk about the Timothy Pitson case. He was a kid uh, from Kentucky who was uh, abducted when he was eight years old. He was recently found alive. Um, But we can talk about that next week. That's fine. Um, And we were going to talk about the uh, Major League Baseball. Well, that I can talk about because that'll be easy. Okay. Um, So really quick, this week it was released that Cuba will now allow the Major League Baseball Association, like the MLB, to recruit Cuban players in Cuba and bring them to the States, right? Prior to this, if a Cuban player wanted to play in the MLB, they would have to wait until they're touring in, like, other countries Mm -hmm. and then deflect and, like, go through this whole process to then be able to come to the MLB. Um, So it's a really big deal. Because now they'll be taking people from the island and bringing them here to the States. And, like, these people can make up to a million dollars in contracts or sponsorships even. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Because, I mean, the MLB does this, you know, throughout the Caribbean and mm-hmm. Latin America. Whether they play, And, I mean, the truth is throughout the world. But, like, the fact that Cuba's letting them do this in the island and, like, the government has already... Like, created a list of, like, 30 players that they can already start to recruit. Wow. Because, of course, they have their guidelines, you know? Of course, yeah. Because they, they, they own the people. Yeah. You know. Oh, yay. Um, so, it's interesting, you know? We'll see how it plays out for this uh, new season. If any of these players that are being recruited will actually play in the current uh, baseball season. But I'll be monitoring that. 
I don't expect you to monitor MLB. Actually, I kind of will because my um, because my stepfather Manny, mm-hmm. that's how his parents came to the United States is because his father played baseball in Cuba, mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know the whole story, but he, he and his mom got married here in the states. The, and 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 like their wedding oh. was thrown by the MLB, and we're talking nineteen, I don't know, nineteen something? no yes, well, 1950. Oh wow! Because this was before they had kids. Yeah. So, so like all of their wedding photos are here in the U.S. But he but his dad is dressed in like full baseball uniform, so I know that like. I know that I'll keep up with it somehow, and I'll 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 have to talk to Manny a little bit more to get yeah, some more context. That would be that. great. Yeah, because yeah, he he grew up in that life, so it's interesting now that that this is happening. Yeah, and I'll keep up. I like baseball. So do I. I really enjoy baseball. Um, I just never go to a game because I fucking hate that stadium. Why? Yeah, uh, you can walk around and get like things and like not watch and then just. It's like, not that. It's just like. like what? Just, that's for another time. Yeah, the parking, the whole bullshit that then they created so that, like, the people that live in the area can't, like... Go to the game. Sell their space. Yeah, oh, their, their, park, their parking space. It's just, yeah. It's, <sighs> well, either way. Well, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we know, you know something we never, we never discuss is when people can listen to us. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, thank you guys for listening to Baby Lambs. We post every Wednesday and Friday. Mm-hmm. Or at least we try to. Yeah, we're pretty good. We've been good. We're pretty good. That's why we have so many episodes, guys. That's why they, when you see 73, 72, it's because we post like twice a week. Mm-hmm. So, make sure to like listen and find some stuff on us. You can find us at Baby Lambs Podcast. Uh, dot com uh, on you can find us on all the social medias Baby Lambs Podcast Baby Lambs Podcast you know some sort of variation we're everywhere we're everywhere and nowhere and in this room mm-hmm. and uh, yeah next week we'll talk about some more shit mm-hmm. and uh, hope you listen yeah yeah and bye bye thank you for listening to the Baby Lambs Podcast artwork created by Janabelle Art. You can follow her on Instagram at Janabelle Art, or you can follow her studio at Studio Nami Tattoo. Music created by Daniel Acosta and produced by Sunset Studios Miami. You can follow them on their Instagram at Sunset Studios Miami. And you can follow us on Instagram via our handle at Babylands Podcast. You can also find us on Twitter at Babylands PCast or Babylands Podcast. You can find us now on iTunes and Google Play and even on CastBox, which is actually a really cool app. Also by finding us via our handle, Baby Lambs Podcast, or by visiting our website at babylambspodcast.com. Thanks again for listening.